the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leaders. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. I get the bubble gum out of my mouth. So I can talk right. You did. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us tonight. We are back in the book of Isaiah, and tonight we're going to finish our discussions of the book of Isaiah. We lack one one night. I think tomorrow night we'll finish uh, reading the book of, of Isaiah. And then on Tuesday night, I think it is, we go right on into Jeremiah. So the two great prophets of God. Mm-hmm. But here for another time, I don't know how many Sunday <laughs> nights we have given. I think this is our third. Study. We had a little bit of an ac- I, accidental yeah, Isaiah night. We, we got mixed up and <laughs> we got ahead of ourselves one night. So then we had to go back and finish our consideration of the uh, New Testament mm-hmm. uh Pauline epistles, the uh, what's called the pastoral epistles, uh, Titus and Timothy, and then we came back to Isaiah. <laughs> We've been up and down all around, but we're going to focus tonight on the second uh, part, the second major section of Isaiah. Now there. The the book is, had a clear uh, division point in chapter forty. Uh, Isaiah, Stacy, maybe you want to tell uh, what the general theme of the first thirty nine chap thirty nine chapters okay. of the book of Isaiah, sure. and what changes when we move to chapter forty. Sure. Well. So uh, they are, he, he's prophesying, he's calling them to repentance, he's telling them uh, um, to look ahead that the, that the exile is coming, um, he tells them of that Babylon is going to uh, destroy them and uh, that they're going to be into exile, so there's a call to repentance, a call to, uh, and it's, and it's woeful, and it's, it's, 
sad, but it, it's not it's not quite as woeful as Jeremiah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's uh, but it is strong, and it's um, and it's also Isaiah. It also includes Isaiah's calling to 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 minister to prophets. It's it's called it's uh, you know those famous. It's Isaiah six, I believe, right exactly where right. Um, yeah. uh, he sees in the year of King Uzziah, I saw the Lord, and uh, he had sixty years, 60, six zero, yeah, yeah, sixty years of preaching and representing uh, God's point of view mm-hmm. to I think five different. Uh, Kings. Kings and leaders of mm-hmm. Israel mm-hmm. and Judah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a remarkable thing right. that he did. So, and he does. So he sees and he starts when the kingdom is still united. Uh, but not long after the, uh, of course, the, the northern, um, well, Israel, the northern tribes are captured and scattered and never to return by Assyria or captured by Assyria. And then... Uh, and what year was that, my dear? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Hold on. Let's see. 580, that would have been 722. Hey! Amazing. <laughs> I, love, I love radio. Radio is fantastic. <laughs> um, oh, yes. Okay. So in 722, uh, that's right, the northern tribes captured by Assyria. And so, uh, uh, and then in 586, uh, uh, the Judah. Judah, Judah is captured and indeed by Babylon and taken into exile. Jerusalem is destroyed. Yes. And so, but in 40, in chapter 40, we, uh, Isaiah moves from what is going to happen in the destruction and into uh, it almost has a feeling of kind of a of, of a Jeremiah feeling of God knows the plans I have for you declares the right a hope a hopeful uh, it's a hopeful we move into being hopeful and to uh, really looking towards uh, the Messiah and that all of it, it it's not for nothing it's not meaningless it's not lost it is all pointing to a coming Messiah, a king who will one day rule, a government will sit on his shoulders. I mean, there's so many beautiful passages of the Messiah. I was telling dad, um, I love the book of Isaiah because as you're reading the Old Testament, I can just hear that it's, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. <laughs> I feel like that's, that's uh, once you get to Isaiah, uh, used to, I think he is one of the first, um, well, I mean, one of the first major, I mean, he's a major prophets, uh, and he wrote a lot. And of course he prophesied a lot because it was over so many decades. Um, but he, you know, of course he's for unto us, a child is born. This is, I think the first time that we hear that it's a child, a, a baby, uh, it's uh, maybe assumed. I think we know even back in Genesis that it's going to be a human. It's going to be from the line of uh, Eve. It's going to be of, uh, you know, or even being, mm-hmm. uh, a male, a male of, of species. Mm-hmm. But uh, we don't quite, this is uh, Isaiah's really starts to paint the picture. We start to really put the pieces together and and start to see what this is going to look like. Let, before and we get to Isaiah, exciting. let me ask you and our, our listeners, when you think back to the earlier books, 
the pre-prophetic books. Uh, I'm talking okay. Genesis, Leviticus, uh, all, all those books of history, mm-hmm. um, and kings, kings and chronicles, chronicles okay. and so on, and Samuel. Mm-hmm. What uh, form did the prophecies take? Right. Okay. Uh, now. I'm saying prophecies now, not in the terms of preaching, right? Because uh, a prophet, is a preacher, right? But then, it, it doesn't necessarily mean predicting the future. Mm-hmm. That's an aspect of it. We see see that tonight. One of the things that Isaiah talks about is a difference between the false god or an idol mm-hmm. and true and the true and living God, Yahweh, mm-hmm. uh, they can tell the future. Mm-hmm. But uh, so apart from those um, prophecies or predictions, um, what are the ways, other ways that the Messiah is predicted? Mm-hmm. Co- we have to believe. We have to realize there were other ways that Jesus, or the the Messiah, mm-hmm. was predicting, envisioned, um, right. uh, symbolized, and so on. Right. So, uh, what Is are the a, different ways that we see the Messiah prefigured? Prior, before is this an official question? Are we putting this out, or is this? Are you well, asking me <laughs> uh, to you and okay. to any of our listeners yeah. who want to turn in? Because I would it, love to hear their thoughts. Yes, call uh, the number uh, if you yeah. would like to call in two one zero three four zero nine five eight five. That is a good question. Two one zero three four zero nine five eight five. Just even kind of. I don't think there's a wrong answer off the top of your head from what you know of scripture. The Pentateuch, uh, the first five, the uh, history. What ways the psalm, the psalms. Uh, no, what ways too as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give you an example. Tonight I had a uh, a Bible study uh, with about twenty or twenty five uh, young. Uh, this is a hard word for me to say. Professionals. Very well said. <laughs> a young professional, men and women, believers mm-hmm, all, mm-hmm. but sharp young men and women, mm-hmm. sharp, intelligent. And we read or we studied the first three the first three chapters of Genesis, mm-hmm. the creation mm-hmm. passage. And there they um they went through all of it, and I was so interested that, and I'm not being critical, they're a wonderful group, and uh, but I was so interested, they went through all of it, and they didn't necessarily see Jesus uh, or, or see a prediction of the Messiah, except in the, the, the in, in further commenting, Except in the passage it said that I will put enmity between you and the woman, talking to Mm -hmm. the serpent, Mm -hmm. and your seed and her seed, uh, and he will you will bruise him in the heel, he will crush your head, and 
dated on that pre, uh, prediction mm -hmm. of, of the Messiah. Mm -hmm. But there are several other predictions of the Messiah that were not necessarily, uh, necessarily verbal or oral predictions directly. Well, sure. I mean, if we're talking just seeing Jesus in all of scriptures, at, there's so well, much. I mean, every page, I feel like is. <laughs> tell me about um, where do we see Jesus in, in Eden, mm -hmm. in the Garden of Eden? Well, b before the, you mean even before? Uh, he, with creation. Before, oh, okay. Creation. creation well, we don't see that in Genesis. We see it in John chapter 1. The Word was with God or the Word mm -hmm, yeah, was God. The word. So, I think, though, that the uh, pronoun the actual is text of we. Genesis. Oh, well, after the fall, then? Uh, in, mm -hmm. actu in the actual text of Genesis 1, 2, or 3. Okay. <laughs> I, th I think you're leading me somewhere. <laughs> I think you might want me to. You're trying to buy time, aren't you? <laughs> I'm not tell. quite sure where. No. Um, I mean, off offhand, I I think of any time that just the whole sacrificial system, and even when God is talking with Cain and Abel and being, uh, you know, um, Cain's uh, sacrifices weren't as pleasing as Abel's that's because a they bit after yes, three, it but is that's all right. <laughs> that means what the, and some of them tonight kind of almost got close to this, but. The point with the point was, how did Abel know that he was supposed to bring the right the right offering to, to bring to God was the uh, well the, we see uh, it in the clothing when, um, I mean right from the moment that they uh, sin they are told to kill a nearby. Uh, I'm not sure if it says a lamb or a goat or it's, and take the skin of the animals and clothe themselves. No, when God clothed them, God, no, they, God killed the mm, animal, mm -hmm, took its skin. Okay. Uh, we assume that they had yeah, to I witness mm -hmm, right, this. Right, the, that's right. Uh, the life mm -hmm. was taken from a creature right. and they were clothed in their nakedness that was... Mm -hmm a big issue to them mm -hmm. which covered. So you see a, a a vague referral that that God this God's provision for man's sin mm -hmm. is gonna be gonna involve death. Mm -hmm. Blood will have to be you know, without the remission of uh without the shedding of blood right. There's no remission of sin, right. etc. Well, even from the beginning, I guess uh, you know that if you do this, you you will surely die. Yeah. So uh, if they aren't going to immediately die, if they're not going to die, yes, we get that yeah. hint that something, somebody, somehow, yes, well, that penalty, God's not going to not go by His word, and He said that. Uh, Eating of the disobedience would mean death. Yeah, it seems like there was one other way that we see the role of a Messiah in Genesis. I can't 
think of it right now. Well, throughout, I think that that's the the Old Testament. Anytime we see sacrifice or a a sense of justice or, um, but a, a lot of times, I mean, if we're talking actual Speaking of the Messiah, so I mean David, I think of the Psalms, yeah, and David, sure. it's all riddled. It's all, a lot of times it's in worship, yeah. and so in worship they talk about and praise what they know is going to be this yes. this King of Kings, this yeah. Lord of Lords. And that's exactly right. That's another prefiguring uh, later. Obviously, in Genesis, in Genesis also, we have uh, Moses, mm-hmm. we have uh, Isaac, the picture of Isaac, mm-hmm. sacrifice. Right. God provided a lamb mm-hmm. for in his place. Then, uh, even the covenant with the the Noah, the rainbow, the bow is pointing mm-hmm. up as a symbol of so, war. Yeah. So what I'm saying is there were lots of insight into God's uh, redemptive plan apart from direct oral verbal prediction. Mm -hmm. And that's important to know the symbolism and the uh, metaphors, if you please, that that we could see uh, pictures of a God-redemptive plan and the role of this Messiah. But, of course, the prophecies are direct prophecies are very powerful. Yes. They it's estimated there are over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament. How 305 many? to well, be exact. Well, how many are in Isaiah? Or well, a great number are in Isaiah. That's we can neat. cover those tonight as well. Okay. We, can look at a, a number of them, and a great number of them take place in the second half, right? Yes, chapter forty and beyond, oh. because that's its emphasis. It, it isn't like the first thirty-nine chapters are totally doom and gloom. Right. You know, it's not necessarily that way. There is warning, there are uh, predictions of judgment, and so on. On them and other nations as well, right. uh, that characterize those passages, but there were a constant reminders of, of hope as well thrown in there. But when you come to chapter forty, it makes a very uh, marked change. It's very easy. Well, uh, it starts Most with of the comfort, of the comfort say, my you know, people. <laughs> uh, the first 39 chapters, you're talking about sin and uh, downfall. 39, chapter 39, uh, they uh, had a visit from a young, a young king mm-hmm. or prince of Babylon. Before Babylon was a great nation. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the king at the, the time came to see the king of uh, Judah, Hezekiah. Hezekiah, and he showed him the he showed him their witches, their riches and <laughs> all the wealth and 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 Isaiah 
don't you know that this guy's going to be, uh, uh, he's going to be the one that destroys you. you right, know? Babylon. So, mm-hmm. But all of a sudden in chapter 40, what does it say? Comfort, mm-hmm. comfort our people, says God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her that her sad days are gone and her sins are forgiven. Mm-hmm. Yes, the Lord had punished her twice over for all her sins. And he began to speak comfort, encouragement. Right. Right. And that characterizes the final chapters. Mm-hmm. And part of that is not only short term, but also long term. Focusing on the Messiah, the redemptive plan of God for all the people of God through the ages. Mm -hmm. And that's where it starts. And and uh, we've got a list here. We made, I I think, about 80 prophecies are listed there. Uh, And there's one after the other, clearly. Uh, and they are noted in the New Testament. They right. are noted at prophecies that were fulfilled uh, by Jesus of, mm. of Nazareth. And we'll, we'll we'll walk through some of those for our listeners. That sounds great. Yeah, we have about three minutes left in this first segment. We're just getting into uh, the last chapters of the Book of Isaiah. Give us a call if you have any questions or any thoughts on this. 210-340-9585. I, I love that question that you asked, Dad. Where do we see Jesus in uh, the Old Testament up to this point, Isaiah? And uh, uh, either generally, where do we see him? Or specifically, different um, prophecies, how he is spoken of um, before we get to Isaiah. And then, uh, oh, it's just so fun. I, I think that Isaiah is kind of that moment where the the eyes or just it starts to come into a much clearer focus. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, it starts to get so specific and detailed. I mean, about his, how he will be buried, what the crucifixion is going to look like, um, that where he'll be born. Um, and as a, as a child, as a baby, the things that he'll accomplish. And so it's a lot, to, it's a lot more detailed, I think, than we've gotten prior to this. And so I think it's really a well, fun let, turning well, point. But also analyze prophecies like we were talking before we got to the right. studio tonight. Yes. Let's kind of get our minds together what constitutes a prophecy. Mm, okay. Yeah, That'll that's a good idea. Yeah, since there are so many, <laughs> this is a good book to ask that yeah. question. Uh, and then, if we, I, I think it'd be kind of fun to put out a question also uh, for the listeners. <laughs> do you have your questions? I there? do. We've got get so in. many papers tonight, folks. We're <laughs> yes, it's a lot of research. All over. Our well, notes. Uh, this is a fairly easy one. I don't know if we've mentioned him yet, but this is in Isaiah chapter 45. The very first um, verse, so 45 verse 1, what king did Isaiah predict would defeat Babylon and allow the Jewish exiles to return to Israel? And that's the fascinating thing about Isaiah is he is so bold as a prophet. I mean, he says details. And in this case, he puts out 
the name mm-hmm. of the king. And uh, uh, so what king did Isaiah predict would defeat Babylon and allow the Jewish exiles to return to Israel? That is in Isaiah 45, 1. Okay. So before it ever happens, before he's king. Mm-hmm. And if you know that, give us a call, uh, 210-340-9585. And do we have one more, or do we want to talk a little bit more uh, going, well, there is our music. Okay, coming back from the break, let's do talk a little bit about what makes a prophecy a prophecy, or the different types uh, and explore that as okay. since Isaiah has so many. <laughs> it would be a helpful right. thing to know. We yes, and this is the Bible Live, and we will be back after this music. By the side of the road Going through the book of Isaiah, uh, we are going to dive in to uh, uh, prophecies, to the different types. And I mean, the book of Isaiah is so full of uh, prophecies in the way that I think we tend to think of them. But there are different types, and I uh, would love to hear about those, Dad. Well, talking about the oral, uh, verbal prophecies. We've, we've said this before, that uh, a prophecy may have various uh, interpretations. They may have a near-term or almost immediate uh, predictive uh, ability and, and consequence. Then they may have a mid Midterm, kind of medium, long term. Maybe they have a short term, a short term application, and also um, a midterm, uh, mm-hmm. fairly long for other other inter- interpretation. And that many of the prophecies uh, have a very long term prediction, mm-hmm. especially when the uh, 
prophets are speaking of the of the whole redemptive plan of God. Right. Many times their their prophecies are about those end times, about the the great victory God is going to have and how evil will be banished and so on. And that those are we still had to see the fulfillment of those prophecies. But uh, so so they may have a near term, mid term, long term. They may have both of those mm -hmm. uh, applications. And uh, sometimes even the prophet himself may not know the exact uh, reach, the the exact meaning mm -hmm. or the full meaning mm -hmm. of the prophecy that he pronounces. Mm -hmm. the, prof the, the prophet doesn't know. Mm -hmm. So that's good for us to understand about uh, these prophecies. And the surest way to understand what is and isn't is to let the Bible interpret itself. Okay. And so when the uh, a, a passage is given and it's shown in scripture this is pr prophetic this is f fulfilled by this event or by this person right. then that that is authoritative to us mm -hmm. and, and that helping us to see the application of, of a prophecy. Mm -hmm. and we see that take place a whole lot in the New Testament. Which I would say, I mean, is one of the great, incredible, one of the beautiful, great gifts that the Jewish people have given yes. to all of, of humanity, <laughs> but yes. to all of us, is knowing Scripture so well. And, uh, I mean, Isaiah is just... Also, I think what was neat is Isaiah knew David so well. You see some of these phrases, and it's hard to actually even think, okay, who said it first? And go back to, yeah. because you see so much of Scripture actually getting repeated and repeated and passed down from one generation to the next of God's people. Um, and I think that that's really special and, and a, a one way that we can be very grateful to uh, the Jewish people, and I think that that's specifically them, yes. with them mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm. Well, let's we talk to Bob, Bob on the yes. phone line with us. Uh, Bob, it's calling in, I think, from here in the city, I suppose, right, John? Hey, Bob, how you doing? Hi, Bob. Hi. Good oh, to hear yeah. from you. I, I'm, calling, I'm calling from uh, my place here uh, around... Uh, 410 and 1604, oh. kind of close to your building there. All right. But, uh, All right. Yes. Good to hear from you. What's and, on your uh, mind anyway, about prophecy? Well, I enjoyed your question mm -hmm. uh, about uh, Messiah. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was thinking about Isaiah 9, where it talks about the Prince of Peace and Emmanuel. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and, uh, and, it's, and then in the next verse, I think it's verse 6, but in the next verse, says this is a this one will not end uh, uh, the king's always ended uh, the reign of the king's always ended at a certain point and then his son became the king uh but uh says this particular reign will never end this particular everlasting father's kingdom will never end it, it says 
and and it says you so and then in Deuteronomy 17 it says when you come into the land and say I will set a king above us we will set a king above us like the nations that are around us it says you shall choose one of your own you shall not put a foreigner over you and I was also thinking of the uh, uh, new covenant there in Jeremiah 31 it's made to Israel and Judah. It's not made to the world. So yes. the world has to come to Israel and Judah for this covenant. Mm. And it has to be, uh, you have to be grafted in mm. and uh, become a uh, an Israeli, mm -hmm. uh, so forth. Uh, so I was thinking of those, of those particular passages. Uh, when, when you, and I like the way uh, Stacy said, we need to uh, go see if we can go back and give attribution to the first people who came up with these theologies to uh, in part to see if maybe there's a spot along the trail where we lost the way or perhaps that beginning <laughs> of the trail right. where maybe the uh, breadcrumbs were dropped in the wrong place and maybe they should have been dropped in this over in this other place and the writings of the uh, Jewish uh, sages and also the Christian fathers can be, you can yeah. go back and find if somebody missed the trail or, and if someone has lost the plot. What or do you think, Bob, a, what do you think would be an example of that? I understand that and I'm not contradicting, contradicting it at all, but uh, what would be an example of uh, 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 prophetic interpretation that might be that might uh, bring confusion or might cause uh, might be inaccurate and and not ed edifying as it should be and then how we discovered uh, the correct view of it I, I, I know that in the New Testament in a number of places in the book of Acts, uh, uh, Stephen, in his sermon, uh, talks about, and many of the church leaders, Peter and others, they, uh, they and Jesus himself interpret prophecies, and they, they uncover the fact that in this prophecy we're talking about Jesus. And it maybe had not been understood that way before. Do you, can you think of prophecies that may, uh, something like that that may have been misunderstood? Well, I think that sometimes practicalities uh, uh, put pressure on, uh, a, uh, uh, on the, the ministers and the peoples, and uh, we can see Saul, he uh, he didn't wait for uh, the king uh, Saul. He, right. he didn't wait for Samuel, at, because of pressures that he saw in the congregation. The people are going to just wander off, and I have to go ahead and um, offer sacrifice. I can't wait for Very this uh, prophet who's who's, who's running good. a little bit late. Good and, observation. Uh, and uh, that that might be an example. Uh -huh. It's the pressures and. Uh, the, uh, the Jewish people have moved away from animal sacrifice now that the temple is uh, no longer there, and there's really no pressure 
Mm -hmm. uh, I think in a way Christianity has won because the Jews have no interest in having animal sacrifice. Uh, it's, it's a very fringe movement that wants to replace the temple, and it, they probably just really want money from people. Uh, they don't really. They know they're not going to, not going to replace the temple there uh, because of uh, the circumstances mm -hmm. that are uh, that are uh, existing. But well, uh, I believe that there was pressure in the in a post uh, after the temple was down, and after the, the Jews were removed from the land in uh, the second century, uh, I believe there was pressure to uh, adopt the uh, Mithra religion of of sunday and january 20 uh, december 25th and of eating pork and uh i believe they acquiesced to that and it sort of became and, and to this day it uh it, it brought a for it brought forth a lot of uh changes yeah and uh i i believe it was pre it was political pressure and the desire to become the state religion that uh, caused these changes that really are not uh sanctioned in the uh, Torah the very uh, particularly the, the loss the loss of uh, seventh day Shabbat which is a memorial a memorial forever from the Garden of Eden yeah well that I think you are on to something there uh, it political pressure military pressure uh, economic pressures uh, that force us sometimes to take quick action or wrong action and, and if we're off a little then we begin the drift away further from the truth mm -hmm. and yet uh, yeah, i think it's one reason that i'd say that the safest way to know prophecy is to let scripture interpret scripture and mm -hmm. whenever the scripture said in this what fulfilled the prophecy of the of the prophet Isaiah or mm -hmm. Jeremiah, mm -hmm. uh, that becomes a little bit more authoritative than just um, something that, like, mm -hmm. as you said, might be uh, brought on by other kinds of pressure. Mm -hmm. Well, I appreciate your comment, uh, Bob. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey, sir. Yes, yes uh -huh. sir. Yes. Can I drop you a, a a letter and a contribution tomorrow? Are you still at the eighteen hundred? P.O. Box? Yeah, 18888. That's a one. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll drop you a letter and, and a, uh, hmm. a contribution. Okay, so be. You are, well, no, oh, I can't let you do that, Bob. No, I'd be <laughs> glad to let you do that. And I will be honored to have you share in the ministry that we'll have together yeah. uh, here on the radio and to the military presence at, at Lackland. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. Well, you know, hey, hey, you know, you. Uh, you you allowed me a ticket there to the Bible Fest back in 2017 or, oh. or 2016 or somewhere in there. Hey, well, I, I was one of the people. Me and Esther was there and oh. Jim was there. And, oh, that's neat. Oh, that's great. It really is. Yeah. I'm I'm glad to know that. I'm, uh, yeah, that was in San Antonio at the Contessa Hotel. Okay. That's a great hotel, too. Thank you, Bob, yeah. for calling okay. well, in tonight, you, too, as well. That's a very well Blessings. expressed purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, he you know, expresses very clearly oh, yes. the problem that we have with prophecy. Yes, and when I, I did, I was thinking, you know, what is interesting about those so I think a lot of times uh, people especially are tempted to take 
words and take the prophecy and subtly turn them to somehow be beneficial to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And yes, maybe that's because of pressures sometimes with or expectations or you know, you want, a lot of times I think it's said you're trying to, you're making Jesus in your own image, right? Yeah. It's not letting Jesus be Jesus or it's not letting God be God. It's you're taking him and creating him into what you want him to be. And that's, you know, the kind of the convenient, oh, that's convenient that he's just like that or says that. And this, and, uh, but what is interesting is that I, I don't think that what we understand of who he is necessarily changes. Uh, what changes is how I, I think when people want to use him or use God for their own benefits. Um, and because I don't know, does that making sense? I, so it's, I think it's fascinating that he doesn't really change. I mean, throughout scripture, even, uh, I mean, when Jesus talks about and confronts some of what the expectations were on him, I think he sets a lot of the record straight. When you talk about letting scripture um, define or letting scripture prove prophecy for itself internally, I mean, Jesus, I think, is sets a lot of those records straight. And so many times it's not necessarily that they were wrong in the the exact words. It's not like a game of telephone where they got it wrong, you know, or the, yeah. although maybe that was the case sometimes, but it, it's more of you, you have the lettering correct. You have the words correct, but it's your, it's, it's the context. It's you using that though to your own ends, as opposed to having that bigger picture of what he's doing. Of- of what God, of what God doing, is doing, what yes. God is saying yes. as well, as opposed to your agenda and how you want. Exactly right. If you read, um, we we know Jesus gave a Bible study to some people mm. on the road to right. Emmaus. What a Bible and he study! He showed them all through the law and <laughs> yes. the prophets how they spoke yes. of him. Yeah. Wow. I would love to have heard that, and, yes. and but he did point it out many times. Um, I'm thinking that. Uh, let me just give a few uh, in Isaiah. Okay, Isaiah six ten uh, talks about the hardening, the hardening of the heart of Israel, and in, in the New Testament that uh, it is referred to, and John. Uh, in the Gospel of John, oh, I'm trying. Oh, it doesn't show me that text. Did it? John chapter twelve, maybe. Okay. Uh, Isaiah seven fourteen, uh, the birth of the Messiah to a young virgin, a young woman, and we see that in the Gospel of Matthew. It's referenced. Uh, son to be born, Isaiah nine. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Mm-hmm. You like that one always. <laughs> um, Wonderful counsel. Eleven one, a sheep from from Jesse's, uh, a sheep from from Jesse or David's mm-hmm. lineage. Speaking of Jesus coming from the lineage of King David, uh, the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. It's cited by Matthew, Mark. And Luke, all three of them, 
so we, the cornerstone being re rejected by the builders right. and, and Christ being the cornerstone. And remember Daniel's prediction, the, the cornerstone crushed the great rock that was uh, coming down on these other empires. Uh, that was more of a symbolic uh, prediction as well, a visual. So you you can just the deaf would hear the blind will see. Mm -hmm. It's in uh, Isaiah twenty nine, and we remember now in Matthew where John the Baptist mm -hmm. asked Jesus, "Are you the one?" Mm -hmm. Or we to expect another? And said, "Well, the deaf see the the blind uh, deaf hear the <laughs> blind see." Mm -hmm. So when when Jesus or when the apostles interpret a scripture. And I would expect that the apostles, when the apostles interpreted a scripture, uh, prophecy like that, I fully expect that probably Jesus had taught them that and, and that they know that. Uh, if not, I mean, they just saw it in the Word and so on. But I, I, I think it'd be safe to suppose mm -hmm. that Jesus may have taught Caesar. That's where the Bible talks about me, about my role as the Messiah. Mm -hmm. uh, especially when he had to tell them difficult things that were predicted that he knew that they were not able to or willing to receive, mm -hmm. that he was going to be killed, for example. Right. That oh no Lord you're not not you're not <laughs> going to do that and get behind say, me Satan get behind me Satan yeah. they understood they understood his identity as as the Messiah the Redeemer but they didn't understand the role they, had they to didn't understand how he was going to purchase mm -hmm. uh, that victory right. that salvation even though, maybe this is very. Uh, uh, What's the word? Not, not naive. This is probably. But how did they not see it? <laughs> well, yeah, that's probably I know. no. I, I, I mean that. Yeah, time. you get it. It's, I would joke with them someday. Someday I'll joke with them about that. <laughs> yeah, but that would have been but, uh, a hard reality to face. Right, it, I right. guess it all. And maybe Your that's one of those. Going to be killed, right, you know? and and maybe that's one of the instances where we. You know, pressure. pressure or just own expectations or just quite frankly, we just don't want that to be the case, even yeah. though what's so what's, of course, the irony is that is the gospel. That's the best news of all. I mean, of course, that's the paradox of the cross, right? Just such. How could it be called a good Friday? Yeah. Right. Uh, but it it is. And so. They just couldn't the, see at that time, at mm -hmm. least. Uh, for sure. Or at least hard but to feel we got a lot of it. the prophecies here that are listed in Isaiah. You can go to uh, Messianic prophet, prophecies in the book of Isaiah. Okay. And there, there are listed one after the other with the New Testament passage that showed that where it would uh, fulfilled mm -hmm. in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Well, Isaiah's name means salvation of Yahweh. Is that correct? And really, over and over, I mean, the book of Isaiah points more than I think any other Old Testament mm -hmm. book 
very detailed and specific to the salvation, uh, to the gospel message, really, to the salvation of Yahweh. They um, talk about God's the gospel people. of Isaiah. Right, the, the gospel the, of Isaiah. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. And he does um, not only, of course, is he uh, a, a great historian and prophet, uh, but writer. I mean, his writing oh, is beautiful writer. Uh, he is, let's see, when did he, so he died. Uh, we'll go, we'll take that question into the next break. Our, our second uh, break is coming up soon, but I'll put, I'm going to put that out there one more time. It's Isaiah chapter 45, verse one. What king did Isaiah predict would defeat Babylon and allow the Jewish exiles to return to Israel? And so this also, I mean, we, we know pretty clearly it's Isaiah writing. We know he's writing during the time of Uzziah, Uzziah and then let's see, after he, it's 60 years that he mm-hmm. prophesies. And so it places it pretty well. But he did die before this king, before the exile, before the return. Uh, and so, but it did come about. This is the king that did allow them to return um, to Jerusalem. Uh, Are you going he was, to tell the answer? I'm not going to tell the answer yet. Okay. We will go into the break and come back and we'll sure talk about people, that. Some people won't know the answer to mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he died during the reign of Manasseh, yes. it is said, mm-hmm. uh, w- one of the more more evil, if yes. not the most evil, of uh, Israel, of Jesus' kings, and uh, Manasseh Judah, is yeah, said Judas to have uh, put he, uh, called him a log and cut the log in half. Yes, uh, that we get seems that to from be, Hebrews. Yeah, in I Hebrews think that's they a reference about. to it. Not by name, right. but uh, to one of the prophets being sawn in half. And they think that was likely Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a who does who does that? King Manasseh. What are you thinking? Who puts a person in a log and saws them in half? Uh, but that is uh, uh, sad to think of. Such a beautiful writer. Well, that is our music for our second break. We will come back and conclude the book of Isaiah. Uh, Thanks for hanging in there with us. segment left. Now we focus tonight on the last section of Isaiah, uh, chapter 40 on. It generally is 
uh, it's optimistic. It's it's uh, about restoration. God's going to judge the nation uh, of Israel or Judah, but He's going to restore them, and uh, I'm going to give the answer to your question. Uh, Cyrus, yes, it's the emperor that is predicted that he will uh, allow the people of Israel uh, taken away uh, in as hot as it is into Babylon. Cyrus will be the one who conquered Babylon and allows them to return right. to Israel. What's fascinating is at that point, he could have just prophesied that they would be allowed to return. But he says, yeah. you will be allowed to return. And Cyrus will be the one. And I think that's. We don't know how, if Cyrus was affected by that prophecy. Right. Self fulfilling, as they say. Daniel Daniel and others informed him of that, perhaps. I've read something about Cyrus that he was a very unique individual of. in fact, it, it, if I remember correctly, and I probably don't, he was an orphan. <laughs> There's a Greek, I think it, Greek mythology has a story of Cyrus that yeah. includes Something that. I'm not sure if the about orphan being is an orphan, true or not. About but, being un, uh, mm-hmm. passed around and so on, and mm-hmm. he ended up becoming uh, this emperor, mm-hmm. uh, and he... Allow the people of Israel to return. Yeah. And he is mentioned as a Messiah. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Messiah, not right. the Messiah. Right. But it gives us a sense of. Well, I want to, before time gets away from us, I want to talk about why, uh, why prophecies are so important. And you would think it's self evident. Uh, and even Isaiah in some passage, I can't remember right now, maybe I'll find it here. He talks about the fact that uh, uh, he, he describes uh, in Isaiah 44, uh, he describes the stupidity of a person who cut down a tree, uses half of the tree to warm its home, and cook its food, and then uses the other uh, half to form an idol and worship it. And he talked about how foolish, foolish that is. Um, and, and we all kind of recognize, in a way, the power of prophecy. It impresses us, but biblical prophecy, in particular, is. One thing about biblical prophecy, it's never wrong. People are very interested in the the prophecies of some what's the, what's the name of that famous prophet? That, uh, oh, another one. That he, they say he prophesied events and so on. A, fal- a false? Yeah, a false prophet. But uh, but he's another one. In America, we have uh, there was some woman prophecy and who had fame for doing that, and all of them 
the difference is the Bible and the biblical prophet was never wrong. Mm -hmm. Or if he was, he <laughs> cut his head off. I mean, he was he was right. not he was a false prophet. Mm -hmm. You, if you I think that's in Deuteronomy where they happen. establish that, right? Is it in yeah. Deuteronomy that they establish? Notre Dame. That's what I'm trying oh, to think of. Oh, interesting. Notre Dame. Okay. People think of him and get excited about prophecies, most of which were very general, not specific, mm -hmm. and that he missed uh, uh, the prophecy in many, many cases. But I want to point to the fact that uh, a lot, a lot of people think it. Well, that would be easy. Uh, anyone could fulfill that prophet, and it's true that w one could possibly find one or two prophecies fulfilled of the what we call messianic prophecies. They could find one or two of those prophecies f fulfilled in the lives of uh, other people, and. Uh, but not all 61 major prophecies about Jesus. Uh, it could be uh, some he people from other nations and all the human race. Um, Jesus was not the only one ever crucified. So right. there are many people crucified. And this and that and the other, they could right. find individuals. But the, it's the sum total yeah. Of all of those, and I, I was reading about uh, a professor that. Uh, let me see if I can find this. This is right up here. your alley, Dad. You're a mathematician, and yes, so this is, is a professor who uh, has put to mathematically. Yes, pulled all of the different the prophecies of the professor was. Um, uh, oh well, Doctor Harold. Hartzler okay. of the American Science Affiliation okay. uh, wrote in the foreword of Dr. Peter Stoner. Okay. It's a one I'm thinking of. Dr. Stoner wrote, and uh, Hartzler wrote about his book, The Manuscript for Science Speaks. That's the title of Peter Stoner's book. Science Speaks. Uh, it said the manuscript had been carefully reviewed by a committee of the American Scientific Affiliation members and by the executive council of the same group and had been found in general to be dependable and accurate in regard to the scientific material presented. Uh, the mathematical analysis included it based upon uh, accurate principles of prob probability, what's uh, hard <laughs> word to say, which are thoroughly sound, and Professor Stoner had applied these principles in a proper and convincing way. Well, here, what way? What are we talking about? What he did of the different prophecies uh, that. We know about and and uh, what Doctor Stoner did. He chose eight of the prophecies, and I have them here. Uh, number one, number ten, uh, two, no, one, number ten, 
two with number 22, 27. If you go to the Messianic promises in Isaiah, you can see these. He took eight of those prophecies, Messianic prophecies, that could be fulfilled in the life of, of a man. And he said, what are the probabilities of those eight prophecies being fulfilled in one man, in the life of one individual? Uh, And they calculated the probabilities of that happening accurately, correctly. And it came out that one in 10 to the 17th power, Mm. that, that means one in t- uh, number of oh, number one followed by seventeen zeros, yeah. and uh, we don't really have much of a way to visualize that. And so the uh, he characterized it, to characterize how big that is. He said you can take and cover uh, the, uh, the state of Texas with silver dollars up to your knees, the the whole state, about two foot deep in silver dollars, and you mark one of those coins. Then we take Stacy's dollar, we blindfold her, (laughs) and set you loose, and you can wander all around, take (laughs) this as long as you want, but then you toot down one day and you pick up a coin. Well, those are the odds that you would pick that one marked coin, oh, if wow. it's marked, mm-hmm. uh, is one in 10 to 17 power. Mm-hmm. Now, it gives it a little more view. The, the, the power of prophecy is mm-hmm. very great uh, for it. And, and it, uh, it did another calculation on uh, 48 prophecies. And that's one in ten come followed by fifty seven zeros oh, right. and uh and you know, he just he does this analysis of the uh probabilities of these prophecies being fulfilled in the life of one man, and so that's important for us to understand the power of prophecy and why it is that jesus uh I would love to be in that Bible study when he told about right. the prophets and the uh, the the Moses and the prophets and the historians right. how they spoke about him. Mm-hmm. It's very important I, to me. It's a very powerful uh, testimony. Mm-hmm. Perhaps, in my view, at least, ranking up close to the power of the resurrection as well which, of course, was a prediction, a prophecy as well. But uh, Well, one of the things I think is so neat about the Messianic prophecies are it's not just, like you said, kind of the Notre Dame idea of looking into a crystal ball and seeing the future and saying this and that is going to happen. But it's so much, it's, it's kind of got elements of that, but it's so much more than that. It's not just that. It's also pointing to a person. I mean, the very nature of who this person is. So it's not just it's this is going to happen, but it's 
well, this person is going to be a person. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a sinless person, an innocent person. Mm -hmm. This is going to be um, a... A good good shepherd. A a shepherd. Loved his people and faithful to them. And so throughout the Old Testament, you start to get kind of... I love that there's this very sweet children's... um, Cartoon, cartoon for like it's it's called allegories. It's a Christian uh, cartoon. Wow. It's so sweet. It's a right now media. If anybody has right now media, you can watch it there. It's a an account and it's got all sorts of Christian stories and things for kids. And but this the sweetest little um, uh, episodes called allegories. And oh, golly, how does it go? At the very beginning, it's who 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 because <laughs> they're owls and it's uh-huh. theology, but allegories. Um, and anyway, they have this open with a uh, pledge. The the kids are in school and it's there. And it says God's nature is all around us if you look through heaven's eyes. And I love, of course, they're looking at God's nature and what he's created. But it all points to his very yes. nature, yes. who he is. And that's where these prophecies start to get real fun because it's not it's 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 these men and these women. It's these Isaiah who comes and has an encounter with God and he's just telling who God is because he's encountered him. He's mm-hmm. met him. He's, uh, and so he's, he's, and then as more and, and he puts it out, he writes it down. He talks, he, he speaks of it. He writes it. And then as others meet him as others, and as it starts to become more and more revealed, others just, meet who he already met and told about and it's uh it'd be like saying well you're you know my my dad is the when you're describing somebody at an airport who's going to come pick you up right and you're looking for the person that was described to you yeah. like well does he have this and is he this and is this oh okay this is and i it just uh it's so Oh, I hate to use the word fun because I overuse that. I'm a sanguine. What can I say? (laughs) (laughs) But it is just so fun because it's so much more. It starts to get so personal and so real. So it's this messianic prophecy. Um, Go ahead. Mention Psalm 25, verse 2. (laughs) That's right. That's my new favorite. It's a Proverbs. It's actually Proverbs. Is it? It's Proverbs to end positive. Are you sure? Sure. As they'd say in (laughs) Vinny. My cousin cousin Vinny. Oh, man. Are you Uh, sure? I'm sure. Um, Yes, Proverbs 25, 2. It's uh, God's, God's. Glory to conceal, and or it's his pleasure. It's his glory to conceal. It's a king's, uh, it's a king's honor to reveal, to uncover, discover the mysteries, and uh, I think that's exactly what all of history has been. God has written Himself into creation. He is. Uh, a part of the story and uh, reveals himself. I'm correct, aren't I? You're I know right. I'm right. What did God say? <laughs> it is God's privilege, privilege to conceal things mm-hmm. and the king's privilege to discover them. Yes. That is beautiful. It is. And it, uh, you can spend a lifetime uncovering mm-hmm. mysteries and grand truths of God right. and his greatness right. and never exhaust them. You can... Uh, mm-hmm. It's true, it, and it is a delight, it's mm-hmm. a joy, mm-hmm. it's a privilege. And I think that's what we see come through the pages of Isaiah in the last 
chapters, mm-hmm. you start to see the he he's it in all fullness. What in the fullness of joy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's really you know and boy, I mean the words. I mean wonderful counselor, mighty God. Uh, the the way that he talks yeah. about him, he starts to really uh, you know eyes open and uh, see who this Messiah is going to be and how he's going to do it. And then, of course, and then we get the the privilege and the joy to to read all of it and just have this whole uh, testament, if old there, and new. If there was ever a, a show who who we could rightly have uh, not had us live together, but just read this book. If you haven't read this. The last part of Isaiah, mm-hmm. or even the first part as well, that is a book worth reading, yes. and you'll encounter Jesus mm-hmm. over and over again. Uh, he's the delight <coughs> of the Father. The it speaks of the the delight of the Father for the Son. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, "I have put my Spirit upon Him uh, in His uh, passion." He would not cry out uh, or hurt the weak. He would be beaten, beard pulled out. Mm-hmm. He would be spat upon. Um, he would not be Messiah, would not believe. The message about the Messiah would not be widely believed by many. Uh, he'd be despised, forsaken, sorrowful, and experienced grief. Over and over, we see exactly the life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the prophecies about Jesus had to do with him being, uh, and you have to watch this in Isaiah particularly, what was confusing, I think, in, uh, first by the uh, Hebrew, maybe even scholars or uh, believers at the time, was there are prophecies about Jesus, about the Messiah, which is going to be this conquering king. Right. And But there were other prophecies that's going to be this suffering servant. Right. And they, they could not reconcile those <laughs> right. two. Yeah. And, and yet the fact is, there it was he's coming twice. Mm. And there were, Part of one, the first coming, he was a suffering uh, uh, savior. The, the lamb led to the for slime. us, mm-hmm. and then he will come again as a conquering king. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you're driving down a road with your headlights out in front of you, and you come to one hilltop, and you may not, you may see the other hilltop ahead, but you don't see the. There's a big dip, there's a valley in between them. And that's what they were missing, is that the Messiah would come twice mm-hmm. and that he would fulfill all of those prophecies, first as a suffering servant, mm-hmm. then as a returning, conquering king, returning for his people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can see some got it, some see it, some got it. They had eyes to see and ear to hear, and them, some did not at first. Mm-hmm. Some it took a little longer, mm-hmm. like 
Apostle Paul. Took him a little longer uh, to get oh, it, but he yeah. got it. I mean, that like what you said in the resurrection, though. I you know it's hard for the suffering servant. Yes, and and but but also uh, it, what a moment. If, if anybody listens to Carmen, yeah. <laughs> what is his? Oh, yeah. What's the the final count? What's the name of the that song? It's the final. It's the final countdown. What is his song that? Um, oh, it's Lazarus. La- no, well, Lazarus. no, that's the what? No, the that's you, Lloyd. Not that one though. But <laughs> in his, uh, you know, the resurrection. He's alive. Yeah. He's alive. I mean, it's so. Anyway, even in his first coming, they uh, and and I think that oh, that's yeah. that um, that's one of those you know Bob glorious uh, and victorious call, even right, in the first coming right yeah. but an expectation of a prophecy looking a certain way and a suffering servant meaning loss or meaning losing or meaning not quite but that's that's not you know the words we tend to view as suffering and being a servant as not being what's victorious, victorious and, and what is but wow, he's a top that's a great thought for right. uh uh sometimes i've uh, known uh talk with people uh, and sometimes jewish people who said that uh with jesus would supposed to be a conquering king and so on and, That's that upside and we, down. Uh, we mm-hmm. tend to think, oh, well, yeah, he's going to be, he's going to come again. But he already yes. is. He conquered even death, death itself. <laughs> right. Uh, he conquered it. Mm-hmm. That's a good point to make. Yes. Exactly. Well, Carmen says he it was really bad. <laughs> yeah, let's give Carmen his due. He was good. <laughs> he, he really was. Uh, Sweet Carmen. Very great uh, uh, musician. Mm-hmm. Well, Stacey, uh, you use up the last of the time until uh, uh, sum up what we think about Isaiah and wow. get us ready to move on in now to the weeping prophet. Yes. We're going to go right on into the book of Jeremiah this week. And, uh, yes, it's so, good that we have Isaiah. Relish, uh, stay in Isaiah because <laughs> then we get Jeremiah. <laughs> now, Jeremiah, as um, as I, I like Jeremiah, he has no problem with lament and sorrow, and that's good. I think that that's healthy. And even in, we we still have that famous for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to give you hope in a future. So Jeremiah hangs in there. He still has some hope and um, points us to some wonderful truths about well, God's. He, he's gonna he's gonna take it right up to in yes. fact. The destruction of the temple Mm -hmm. of Jerusalem. He's the one that that, uh, preaches the people during Mm -hmm. the last 40-year period Mm -hmm. before Babylon comes down on Jerusalem. Oh, there is our music. Um, So, yes, we look forward to finishing up Isaiah tomorrow in our readings and then going into Jeremiah. And we will be back next week to talk about everything that we have read. I hope you have a wonderful week for those going back to school. And uh, and we will talk to you next week. Yeah, and don't forget to copy what Bob's doing. <laughs> you can send a little gift to help us out on the broadcast. That's right. All right, have a good day.
The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The, the Bible, Bible Live Quiz Show. Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.